Um, just quick uh, announcement in case you never knew, our Church Center app, which you can download, uh, has the message notes for each week. So if you ever want to pull out your phone, in fact, this Sunday is a good day to have your phone out, because especially at the end, we're going to have some QR codes you can open up your camera and scan if you, so you can know about some stuff. So feel free to have your phone out, take pictures of the screen, but also you can open up the church app and follow along that way with the notes. Uh, well, good morning. My name's Adam, and it is my pleasure to get to start uh, 2023 out with, uh, with you. So welcome to Crossroads. Welcome to a new year. Welcome uh, to a new series that we're starting uh, today. It is called The Road to Recovery. The Road to Recovery. And um, this is going to be a bit of a, like an introductory message for the rest of the series. So this is kind of going to set up the rest. So it'll be really important for all of us, uh, both at home and in person, to let's stick together all the way through it because each one's going to really build off the other one, and it's going to be really awesome. I want to say hi to my family at home because they have a lot of snow there. And uh, Joe's waving back at me, but that wasn't meant for Joe. That was meant for my family at home. I love you guys. And uh, Lord, I love you, and I'm here because you've saved me, and you've changed me, and you still change me. And man, I'm, I take for granted that you love me. I can't believe that you like me. That's pretty unbelievable to me, that you like me. You don't just tolerate me. Um, and I'm grateful, and I only can stand up here because of your beautiful grace. So we thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So the road to recovery. Here's what we're going to be dealing with for the remainder of the month of January. We're going to be dealing with our hurts, our hangups, and our unhelpful habits. And I underlined our. Say our, our with me. One, two, three. Our. Because, because at least my leaning is to deal with yours. It's just easier and like it feels helpful. Um, but we want to deal with our uh, hurts, hangups, and unhelpful habits that we have. But I recognize I'm much more comfortable dealing with yours than mine. And it's just objectively funner to deal with someone else's. So I'm going to give us all permission for a minute to deal with other people's before we deal with ourselves. All right? So, um, I want to start the year off by talking about some, what I'm calling, beautifully unique people. They are just beautifully unique people out there. They're not in here. They're out there somewhere. Uh, we go to school with them. We go to work with them. They drive next to us. Um, sometimes they come over for the holidays, yeah, even if we would prefer them not to. Do you know what beautifully unique people I'm referring to? The people that you're like, Online, you're like, if I could hit the thumbs down button a thousand times, I would. If you could, you would, you would do it. Um, so I want to give us a few examples of the beautifully unique people I'm referring to. Have you met this one? They're not in here. They're out there, so we can talk about them. That's fine. They're at home online. Um, the close talker. The close talker. Have you met that person? They talk so close to you, you feel like obligated to ask them out on a date. You're like, I guess this is a thing now. Um, have you ever met the loud talker? I love, love, love these people at the movies. They're my absolute favorite. Uh, this is an interesting one. Um, the B.O. and they don't know person. Okay, so you guys have met them too. You ran into them. All right, no joke. Uh, back when I was a youth pastor in California, we had a youth kid who would clear our youth room. They had no idea. And I was like, we have to tell them. I have to tell them. I'm the youth leader. So I did what any responsible adult youth pastor would do. And I begged my wife to do it. And she did it. And I didn't have to. Yay, me. 
So I realize anytime I'm in a tight spot, I make Christy say stuff uh, for me. So um, what about the poor listener, right? The one that interrupts, the one that just is so kind to finish your sentences for you, you know, um, the one that redirects the conversation back to them, or you tell a story and they one-up it with your story, you know, the poor listener. Um, uh, what about the echo chamber only watches, listens, or read things that they already believe to be true person? Like, does the echo chamber person know they live in an echo chamber? No, they have no idea, right? Uh, what about this one? Uh, this one's tough. What about the bad at realizing who the common denominator person is, right? Have you ever met, have you ever met that person? Like, they always have a bad coach, always have a bad teacher, always have bad neighbors, bad friends, and you're going... Wait a minute, who's the one person that's... But you can't. You can't tell them, right? They're not ready to hear, right? They're just bad at that. Um, what about the long talker? The person that'll take 20 minutes to say what you know you can say in two? You know, they're like the message version of the Bible. They're like where it's like Jesus wept. They would be like, and then Jesus's eye glands opened up, releasing a saline solution that rolled down his cheeks. And you're like, what? No, he just wept. That was it. That was all he did. Um, so there's those people out there. So, but here's the truth. I, a confession I have to make to everybody here. Um, I'm a beautifully unique person. I, I am too. Uh, um, so think about that beautifully unique person that you need to have like a really crucial conversation with. Um, and you need to talk to them about something that you see in them that you don't believe is good for them. And one possible reason why you have not had that conversation with that beautiful, unique person is because what you want to bring up with them, you sense will, be, will come as a complete surprise to them. That what is so obvious to you and others does not seem to be obvious to them. And so bringing it up to them can be like, I don't know if I should do this. And if I do, I don't know how well it will go. And I recognize that I can be one of those beautifully unique people that other people may be like, how do we tell Adam this? <laughs> how do we help him see that? And if you would let me be so bold and maybe so overly presumptuous, I think you're a beautifully unique person. That there are just things about you that you don't see as well as other people do. And um, we aren't always aware of how other people are experiencing us. Because some people are just like too nice to tell you. Or maybe they try to tell you and they don't do it in a very good way. But we don't always know how other people are experiencing us. And we aren't always aware about how the stuff we're choosing to not deal with is causing the people in our lives to try to figure out how to deal with us now. Have you ever noticed that? When someone doesn't, when someone chooses not to deal with their stuff, you end up trying to find out how to deal with them. You're like, I, I don't, right? And I recognize that is just not something I do to others, but it is something people are trying to figure out with me. And because our brains, and my brain and your brain work very similar, are always trying to protect us from discomfort and pain, it is normal for us to get really defensive or resistant um, to help and advice from others or hearing what they have to say about what they see in us because who wants to feel insecure? Who wants to feel like there's something maybe not so awesome about them? Who wants to feel like they're in need of help? Who, wants, who likes to feel vulnerable? Who runs towards that? So I get it why we can be very defensive or resistant towards what other people 
can see in our lives. And do you know what I have in common with the, uh, the long talker or the uh, echo chamber person or all beautifully unique people? It, it, it's this. I possess less self-awareness than I need to experience recovery. I possess less self-awareness that I need to engage into a process of recovery that I just need more of something that I possess less of because you don't know what you don't know. And we can't see what we choose not to look at. And we can't heal from hurts that we don't want to feel and choose not to deal with. And we can't get past hangups <laughs> that we're not even aware that we have or even why we have them. I've been asking God to show me me. I'm like, God, would you show me me? Because I want to know more clearly what my hurts and my hang-ups and my unhelpful habits are. And so I begin to ask God, what are some... And I've been asking that question to God for, for a little while, but I, I re-asked it. And he's like, you know what some of your hurts are, Adam? I'm like, um, it's towards me. You're hurt with me because I'm not doing what you want me to do. Have you ever been hurt by God, but maybe just didn't have the courage to say it out loud to God, I'm hurt by you because you're not doing what I want. And I've asked for A, B, and C, and none of those things are happening. In fact, so many of those things are trending in the opposite direction of the direction we want them to go. You can be hurt by God. You may not even know you're hurt at God, and so you're taking it out on the people you live with, but really it's a God who's sovereign and in control of everything that's not doing what you want him to do, and so I take it out on those closest to me. That was one of the things God showed me. He showed me um, one of my hang-ups is fear of rejection. That I believe everybody needs to love me. Uh, there was a show back in the day, Everybody Loves Raymond. I'm like, everybody needs to love Adam. Let's make a show about that. And then there's another show back in the day, Everybody Hates Chris. I'm like, no, don't like that show. Don't want that to happen. Everybody needs to love Adam. So I'm aware that one of my hang-ups is people-pleasing, fear of rejection, fear of someone else's displeasure. Um, one of my unhelpful habits, and this could be a slash hang-up too, is I can be very hard and judgmental towards myself when I mess up. In a way, unlike most of the people in my life who are very gracious and kind when I do. And including my Heavenly Father who is very gracious and kind. But I'm not very gracious and kind to me. I can maybe deal with someone else's mistake, but not my so yesterday, me and my wife got into a big disagreement, uh, fight, argument. Whatever works best for you, we got all of it. We did all of it yesterday. There was tears. There was apologies. Um, there was, I want to leave the house. And there was all of it. And we both said and did things that hurt one another. And through that, I came to realize, ooh, I got some stuff. <laughs> I got some stuff. And my wife slash some other people surfaced it. And then I got real defensive about it. And I didn't want to deal with it, so I, I tried to make it about them. Because I didn't want to have to look in the mirror and deal with my stuff that was brought up. So, you know, we're doing good, and we, we got to sit down and pray over one another, and and uh, apologize for things. Um, 
but I realized some things. And here's the thing with realizations. Realizations can be really amazing and scary. So the realization 20 minutes before you get up to preach that your pants are unzipped is amazing. <laughs> Realizing while you're preaching that your pants are unzipped is terrifying. <laughs> and I, that's what I've heard. I don't know that from personal experience. That's what I've heard. Uh, so realizations, whether um, they come as a relief or whether they come as like a, ah, can still be incredibly helpful for the one who possesses them and gets those realizations. So I want to give you a few examples of what I mean. The person that realizes that their strict diet and their uh, stringent working out regimen um, is not coming from a pure desire for physical health, but because they do not believe that they can accept themselves or be accepted by others at their current size and weight can be an incredible realization towards their step to recovery if they have that realization, right? The person who comes to the realization that the guilt and the shame they carry from their sin and failures is not coming from their Heavenly Father, but becoming from their belief that everybody deserves forgiveness except themselves, they can now start entering down their road to recovery. Uh, the person who realizes that the reason why they spend so much time looking at a screen, the reason why they keep themselves so busy and keep their families busy, and the reason why they don't sit in silence almost ever is because they're trying to protect themselves from feeling emotions they don't want to feel and look at things that they don't want to look at, that can start to lead them down a road to recovery. If they can realize why, what's driving their schedule. The person who comes to the realization that their anger is not being driven by progressives or people on the left and the right, but because of their fear that their country and their faith, their Christianity, are at risk. If they can come to that realization, they can, they can start down a road to recovery. If they can come to the realization that it is not external things, but an internal belief that they possess, that God is not sovereign and he is not in control, is driving their fear and their anger. If they can come to that realization, they can enter in down to the road to recovery. And here's why realizations is so important to this, everybody, but in particular this last example I'm giving. If you don't come to that realization that your fear is being driven because you do not believe God is sovereign, and so you're worried about all these people and progressives and people on the left and right, In your effort to keep your country and your faith from being at risk, you will start to say, act, and post in ways so, in such a matter that are so ungodly, you will put your country and your faith at risk. That's just what we do. We post things and we put our faith at risk. The very thing we're trying to protect. And when we don't have realizations, do you know what we hurt? The very person we're trying to protect, which is, we hurt us. That's what always happens. That when we don't get curious about the beliefs we have that are giving us our emotions, when we don't get curious about the unbelief that is driving our behavior, we will end up hurting the very person we're trying to protect, which is us. So realizations are incredibly significant because realizations are vital to our spiritual formation. And realizations come from getting curious about ourselves and not everybody else. Now, I, I confess to you, like I said, I'm not joking when I say it's funner to get curious about why everybody else is doing what they're doing and how you, you think they could be doing it better. 
But realizations come from people who get super serious about getting curious about themselves. Our hurts, our hangups, our unhelpful habits. And this is just my opinion, but I believe the degree of freedom and recovery we experience will be directly proportional to the amount of realizations we begin to have about ourselves and why we do what we're doing. I believe um, the more we come to realize what's really happening in here, the more we can actualize, the more we can bring into reality the life and way of Jesus in our life. In my opinion, some of the the healthiest people I know are the most self-aware people. I, I made up a thing. I don't, this is not a real thing. I just made it up. I'm calling these people the realized people. The realized people. They realize what's really going on in here and in here. They're growing in their understanding of what's driving their unwanted behaviors and emotions. They're increasingly becoming less blind to their blind spots. And here's what I observed about realized people. The realized people, they are often the most humble people you'll ever meet. And do you know why they're the most humble people you'll ever meet? Because they realize how much they've been forgiven for. They realize it. They realize like how much not only God, but everyone around them has to forgive them for every day. The, the realized people are far more curious about their own hurts, hang-ups, and unhelpful habits than they are of anybody else's. In fact, they don't have a lot of time to figure out everyone else's problem because they're rolling up their sleeves to deal with their own. The, pain, <laughs> the realized people are like painfully, excruciatingly aware of the role they had to play in that breakup, in that conflict, in that bad grade they got in that tension, in that friendship. The realized people are just acutely aware of the role they had to play, the part that was their part that they had to own with what happened in that situation. And the realized people realize this. I'm in need of recovery. The realized person realizes that recovery is not just for alcoholics and addicts, but for all of us. They realize that we all have hurts that keep on hurting us. And we all have hang-ups that keep on tripping us up. And we all have unhelpful habits that we can't break free from. So, hello, I am Adam, and I am in need of recovery. (laughs) And if you would be so bold and so daring, you can insert your name in there, too. Not someone else's name. Your name. Now, here's where some resistance may kick in, and here's why heading down the road to recovery can become a little elusive. Um, We believe recovery is for someone else with really big, more serious issues. So we can always think of someone like, well, that needs recovery. Something, well, that's crazy. That's big. That Whatever's highlighted on the news, well, that needs recovery. Mine is not that. So we kind of minimize our stuff by comparing it to others. We may not be able to head down the road to the recovery because we don't even possess self-awareness to know what we need to recover from. We just aren't there yet, and that's okay. We sometimes just don't know what we don't know, and that's fine. That's why we stay in a process of recovery, so we can know what we don't know. Uh, We also may actually believe and know that we do have hurts, hang-ups, and unhelpful habits, but we also have a belief that doesn't believe any of that requires a recovery process. So we recognize that, yeah, I have that, But we also hold to a belief that says, yeah, but that doesn't need recovery. Do you know why somebody thought of the idea of an intervention? 
to help that last person. <laughs> the last person's like, yeah, but I don't need to recover. So they thought of this, you know what, we need to all get in a big circle and surprise this person like a birthday, but like horrible and like tell them <laughs> things that they're doing that are destroying everyone. And, you know, um, so this morning is a bit of intervention for everyone at home online and all of us, except um, I am not confronting you with your need for recovery. I hope we are all being confronted by all of us needing some recovery from something. That we're all in need of recovery. And we need recovery a lot from a lot more things than just addiction. I mean, some of us can still be trying to recover from middle school. Really, <laughs> I think I am. Um, you, you may still be trying to recover from your first marriage. You may be trying to recover from a loss of income or a loss of health or a loss of someone you love. Yes, we need recovery from addiction, from sex and porn and prescription pills, but we also need recovery from people-pleasing. And we need recovery from um, perfectionism, from needing to have control over everything, from worrying, procrastinating. Um, the person who needs alcohol every day to get by certainly needs recovery, uh, but so does the person who overspends and, and overeats and overworks. Recovery is not just for the addict, it's for the anybody's, it's for the everybody's. The most spiritually mature, godly and humble person you can think of is a person who needs recovery. There's not some elite list of those who this does not apply to. Every person whose name is a name of a book of the Bible needed recovery. Peter, James, John, they all needed it. Um, there's a man who's mentioned many times in the Bible. In fact, he wrote nearly half the New Testament, and he needed recovery. His name was Paul the Apostle. And Paul the Apostle was acutely aware, acutely aware of, of his need for help. His need for recovery. And I want you to listen in to what I, the words he wrote down to a group of Christians in the first century. And tell me that you don't think these words are some of the most transparent, heartfelt, and relatable words you've ever read in the Bible. Here's what Paul wrote. I don't understand myself at all. I'm already relating. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Now, again, I want to talk about all the ways I really don't understand that person or that person or that person. But Paul, he's looking inside. He's like, I do not understand myself at all. Can you relate to this? For I really want to do what is right. That's all of us. But I can't. I do what I don't want to do. What I hate. Have you ever done that? I know, I know up here perfectly well what I'm doing is wrong, but I can't help myself. I'm going to say it anyways. I'm going to post it anyways. I'm going to react anyways. 
It is sin inside me that is stronger than I am. Have you ever felt that tension of something inside of me that just seems to be like pulling you in to the very thing you don't want to say or go to? It's stronger than it makes me do these evil things. (laughs) Friends, Paul is hinting at something that I think is relatable to all of us. We just don't always fully understand ourselves. We're not always the realized people. We don't always realize what's really going on inside of us. We just have less self-awareness than what we need sometimes in order to recover. I love that he speaks to his desire and intent is to do what he knows is right. That's us, isn't it? We have the desire. I intended, I didn't. Uh, Why did I do that again? I told myself that I wasn't going to stop doing that. I committed it. I got an accountability partner, and here I am still doing it. I love that Paul speaks to, like, just simply knowing what is right and wrong isn't even enough. (laughs) Like, I know what's not wrong, but here, I know what's not right, but I'm not going to do it. I know what's wrong, and I'm going to do it anyways. Do you ever find yourself kind of circling around the same issues, arguments, conflicts, or unwanted emotions? You ever find yourself just going, hmm, here we are again. Here I am again. How are we here again? (laughs) And when I'm in those moments because of my insecurity, I want to find someone else to help explain why I keep circling around these same issues. Well, it's got to be that person. It's usually someone in your same house or cubicle at work or at school. If I could just blame my teacher, then I don't have to look in the mirror ever, right? So if you've ever felt that internal tug of war inside of you, you have a friend in me and Paul and Buzz and Woody, of course. (laughs) So Paul goes on to say, it seems to be a fact of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Something else, I love this, deep within me is that war where in my mind it's not with that other person the war is right here i'm just playing it out with that other person and it wins and it fights and makes me a slave to sin it is deep in there and it's going to take some real intentionality and curiosity to figure out what is deep in there and if we could just stay busy then we don't have to dig so that's why we stay busy that's why we don't sit down and just be still Because what happens if something surfaces? It's going to take some (laughs) courage, some desire to want to look at something that you really don't want to look at. It may require you to find a friend, a mentor, a counselor, a therapist, a coach to help do some digging with you. Because it's too scary or you don't know where to begin. And that is the benefit of these people. A great friend, a great mentor, a great leader, a great counselor, therapist. They can get in there and go, let's dig. We'll go slowly, but stay with me. Let's dig. And the war is in our minds and the battlefield plays out in our emotions and our actions. And when you find yourself like Paul doing the things you don't want to do and not doing things you know you should do, you just know you're losing the battle somewhere up here. So let me ask you this. What's the hurt that keeps on hurting you? And you may not know today, because you may have to just, you may just have to uh, take that question home with you. And that's probably what you will need to do. What's the hurt that keeps on hurting you? What's the hang-up that is holding you back? I, I want to challenge you to find an answer to each one of these questions. You can take a picture of the screen so you have it. What's the unhelpful habit you can't break? 
sit for a little bit, think about it. Some of you, maybe it comes to you right away. You may have to just sit quietly for a while and think about it. And if you have the courage, if you have the courage, because I know this could be scary. If you have someone in your life who loves you and knows you, they, they might know the answer to these questions if you asked them sincerely and prepared yourself for whatever they may say. Can you see it now? God does. God sees what's hurting you. Um, God sees the secret sins that maybe you're hiding from everybody else. God sees those things that you avoid, you ignore, you minimize, um, you excuse, uh, those things you choose not to feel or deal with. He sees all of that. He sees those things that you can't, won't, or don't let yourself see. He sees those. And that realization is not meant to scare us. That realization that God sees all that is actually meant to comfort us. And I want to share this beautiful verse from the prophet Isaiah, who has a name uh, of the book of the Bible in the Old Testament. Here's what he says about how God sees in Isaiah 57. I think this is so beautiful. God says, I have seen how they acted, their hang-up, their, their unhelpful habits, whatever it is. And so I just am going to smite them. Because I think God's the only one that smites. I don't know. I just, I'm just upset with them. No, God sees. And he, what does he say? I see how they act, but I want to heal them with what he sees in them. God wants to be a part of the solution in my life and in your life. And then he goes on, I will lead them and help them. And I will comfort those who mourn. And I will offer peace to all near and far. I just think that's beautiful. Some of you just need to write that down, the address, take a picture of that, take that with you, that God sees is not meant to scare you. It is meant to comfort you, that he sees what you can't see, and he's willing to help you look at something that maybe is hard for you to look at. And he wants to be a part of your healing. So I thank God that God sees, and I thank God that God not only sees, but he comes to help. He comes to heal and lead and comfort us with what he sees in us. And thank God, God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for my sin, for our sin, to resurrect from the grave and to walk with me down my path to recovery. Because that is what Jesus is offering, to walk with us down our road to recovery. But I'm telling you, it's will we let him? Will we invite him in? And one of the first steps we can take is this, realize you're in need of recovery. That's going to be the first step. There is no heading down the road to recovery without this one simple realization. I realize I need recovery with something. And don't compare it to anybody else's. Oh, it's way too bad or it's not that bad. Don't minimize it. Just recognize that we are all in need of recovery. And that's normal and it's okay and it happens because we're here on earth and we're going through life and stuff happens and stuff sticks to us from... 20 years ago, and we don't even know the connection that that had on us, and so it's playing itself out with our current people that are in our home. We don't even recognize that, man, that comes from five years ago, eight years ago. Realize that we're in need of recovery. So I want to take the first step together, if you would want to do that. Um, 
I want you to name your hurt, hang-up, or unhelpful habit, and I know some of you may have already done that, but I want to prime it a little bit by giving some examples on the TV. Yours may not even be up here. These are just things for you to consider, to get you thinking, to get you stirring, because maybe one of yours is up here. Take a second to look at that and see if the Holy Spirit who sees maybe what you can't see just kind of tugs at your heart in the loving way that he does. And avoid, I can't tell you what to think or not think, but just realize that the thought that, well, it's a little bit of that, but it's not too big, so I guess I don't, just know that that's not a helpful thought. That's not going to help you recover from it if you just say, well, it's really it's just a little bit. It's not really that big. No, just it's something. Again, it doesn't need to be a 10 out of 10 to recover from it. It can be a 3 out of 10. You should still do some recovery for that. That's good. You know? That's really good. So this is where your phones um, could be really helpful, I think, because I want to give us some more steps that we can take. Um, here's, here's a real simple one that many of you are doing already. Um, you can join one of our Crossroads groups. We have groups for youth, for young adults, for men, for women, for individuals and families. And groups, again, it's not one step is a cure-all for recovery for everything. These are just steps. And some of these steps we're going to go through could be an and. Oh, I should do that and. And. Or some of them, you just may know today by the Holy Spirit that that's the one for me right now. You may realize some of the steps... As we go along, may it feel a little bit more uncomfortable, too big of a step, and you're not ready for it yet. Well, maybe then you pick one of these other ones that doesn't feel so big to you, and you take that one. And that's okay. If you feel like one is like five miles away, and you're like, yeah, well, don't settle for just picking nothing. That's not helpful. Crossroads groups. You can pull out your camera on your phone, scan that QR code, or bring up a list of groups. Uh, the next one is Celebrate Recovery. You may not even know about this because it hasn't started yet, and I'm so excited about this. We're starting a Celebrate Recovery group February 1st. We're going to meet on Wednesdays. It's totally anonymous. It's for people who want to deal with their hurts, hang-ups, and unhelpful habits. So it can, it can include someone with a drinking problem, and it can include someone with a people-pleasing problem. Everyone's invited. It's totally anonymous. Get that information down because it's going to be starting up here in a month. And again, it's totally anonymous. That could be a step that's maybe the perfect thing. Check it out. Take it for a test drive. If after a week you're like, I don't know that was it, well then you don't have to go back, but consider it. Next one, we have a wellness center downstairs. You can book an appointment. Pastor Shannon helps oversee that. You're going to be people there who listen to you, help you, talk with you. They're available during the weekdays. Whatever you need to do, that could be an awesome option for you. I don't have a slide for this next one. Um, but maybe you need to schedule an appointment with a therapist or counselor or coach. You need to like talk to some people who know of a good one and try it out. Take that for a test drive. Maybe you don't like person A, then you find person B. And, and, and therapy and counseling is amazing. Here's, how, here's what helps me, and I don't know if this will help you. What helps me know that I need to deal with something is if I think of my mental and emotional issues like a physical issue. Mm -hmm. So if I broke my arm, I wouldn't be embarrassed to go to the ER and get it casted. And none of my friends would be like, ooh, you had to go to the ER? Really? Just for, 
I mean, your bone was sticking out of the flesh, but really? That's pathetic, bro. Like, I'm sure my friends would be like, yeah, dude, that's gross. I'll drive you there myself, but I don't want to look directly at you. That's disgusting. But they would be like, yeah, you should be in the ER. <laughs> but with emotional wounds that aren't as visible, we don't see those things in the same light for some reason. And some reason there's like a taboo thing, like a shame with that. No, there's no shame for getting your arm reset. There's no shame for seeing a therapist for a mental injury. I had a buddy recently go through a divorce and I said, you just went through a head-on collision. What would you do if you were in a head-on collision? He'd be like, well, I'd go to the hospital. Yeah, you should go see a counselor or therapist. You just had the mental, emotional equivalent and spiritual equivalent of a head-on car collision. Don't treat it like a splinter. No, no, no. You just got in a car. Said, so that's helpful for me. I don't know if that helps you. That helps me know when I'm not dealing with something uh, is to make that connection. Um, join us for 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, begin to commit to pray, pray more intentionally, more regularly each day. Set a time in your morning or whatever it works best for you to do that. Choose something to fast. Join us for that. Um, and, and lastly, I want to bring up our, our worship team and our prayer teams, if all of you would just come on up. Because we're going to close with uh, a song. And you can use this song however you need to use it at home, in person. You can use this time to just reflect, just to sit and look and feel and see what God may want to show you. You can use this song to stand up and sing as loud as you want. You can use it as a time to kneel. Um, you can use it as a time just to pray to God. You can use it as a time to come up when we have prayer teams who would love to stand and to pray with you. So I know at home you're not able to come up to a prayer team, so maybe if you're with someone you can pray with them or just sit and pray with your your Lord and Savior. So this is going to be the end of the service. I'm going to sit down. They're going to play the song. You are free to go. You're free to sit. You're free to sing. You're free to come up and get prayer. All of that is good, but this morning is now coming to a close. Thank you for all of you who have joined us online. Jesus, show me me because you know I want to look and get curious about everybody else because that's safer for me and I don't feel insecure about that. But Lord, I want you to show me me. Show me where I need to recover. Show me those things that keep tripping me up and hurting me that I don't want to look at. Help me to see the things that I don't want to see. And I thank you that you see those things and you want to walk with me. And people here online and in person who have never invited you, Jesus, to walk with them in their life, may today be the day that they put their faith, hope, and trust in their Messiah who came a long way to show them how he feels about them, that went up high onto a cross to die for them. I pray you would convince them by your great love that they should walk with you and let you walk with them. Bring salvation to anybody here who does not have it. It's not experience forgiveness of sins and regeneration and rebirth and born-againness where you give them a new heart and new desires and a new mind. Bring salvation here today and those at home who need it. Lord, I love you, and I thank you that you see and you come to do something about it. In Jesus' name, amen.
morning, Jesus. I pray um, that freedom would, your freedom would reign in their lives this year, God, that you would shower them with your mercy and your grace, God. And I pray that we can take what we have heard from you today, God, and um, take it with us out the doors, God, and apply it to our lives, God, and move forward and can either continue or, or start a healing process with you, Jesus. And I just thank you for bringing us all here safely, Jesus. And for those here, I pray that you would just keep them safe on their way home. Amen. Amen. You guys are free to go when you're ready. You're welcome to come up and receive prayer or linger. We love you and Happy New Year.